Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan, who's in Dallas, Texas. Our one-day spring break is over, Julie. <laughs> How are you? I'm so tan, Leanne, for yeah. my spring break. That's that's it. I'm nice and tan. Woohoo! Had a big party. Now we're back. Okay. Yeah, I mentioned on the website this weekend that oh, we were taking a spring break. It was really just for one day. It was it was for the weekend. We just all happened to have plans, as ha- occasionally happens on a Sunday, and we could not do the show. Uh, and I was so looking forward, Julie, to taking the Sunday off, not being inside recording and editing a podcast. I love doing it, but sometimes, you know, on the weekends, it's uh, it's a be- it was a beautiful weekend here and then guess what guess who decides to record like a podcast for his company my my husband your husband yes so that was fun it's always fun is he a natural podcaster leon go ahead you know he's a natural talker but he doesn't know how to edit so i had to do the editing but he was refusing to listen to me like he was gonna do it oh yeah i can figure it out i can figure it out i can and you know there's just a simple strategy to editing and it's not start from the end and go to the back i go to the front (laughs) it's not that strategy so So, you're having some nice married moments there on sunday afternoon nice nice spring break so all right so we're back we have a full show today of course we have sister selfridge julie and i watching sister selfridge for you uh so yes we are leon we're doing it we're going to get to that at the end of the show. We have quite a few sort of media notes. Uh, Julie, you have a movie review. We have, what did you see? I saw The Lunchbox, Leon. I can't wait to tell you about it. All right. We have Tuesday Trends. Uh, I learned a little bit about college uh, junior year abroad programs this uh, this weekend. want to tell you about that. And of course, we're going to talk about um, the, the outrage of the week, this week's parenting outrage of the week, the two tots, the sailboat, and... The storm over parenting. Get get some takes on that. But Julie, I I have to tell you about the dog walk I took yesterday. <laughs> okay. Oh my god! Oh yes, do tell, Lynn. So you have that lovely dog. Talk and... about it like a three hour tour. Okay. <laughs> Where's what, the what happened? Okay. Here's the deal. It's like five in the afternoon. It's hot. It's hot here in. Los Angeles. I saw that on the big weather map, Leon. I know you're having a sort of unseasonably warm weather. Yes. Which the rest of the country is not having. Yes. And I know. I, I don't, it's not, that's not a complaint, but it is a drought, people. So it's not good. Uh, and it was 90 yesterday, which is weird, uh, at five in the afternoon in mm-hmm. April. So it's 90 degrees. I had already taken the dog, Mia, my German Shepherd, on her long walk. We did that before the heat. But I was just going to take her around the block at the end of the day, you know, just, do her business. A stroll. A yeah. little stroll. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we have like a little loop in our neighborhood. It's a perfect, like one third of a mile. The whole thing takes like approximately 12 minutes if she moves along quickly. So it's, it's per, you know, at a, at a dog pace. That's not my pace. That's her pace. And so I go out to, to start the stroll and I'm just wearing my actual clothes. I had been to the orthodontist with my son. And can I just announce that our long national nightmare is over? Colin is getting his braces off in two oh, weeks. Hallelujah, Leanne. So, hallelujah. I'm so happy. I don't know who's happier, him or me. It's a close call. I'm so tired of going to the orthodontist. So I'm in my orthodontia clothes, meaning I have, you know, a little seersucker skirt on. It's a slim skirt from Banana Republic. You know, real shirt. I don't have walking clothes on. I just go out, Julie. Don't be horrified in my little red clogs. Oh, so I go out the door and, um, uh, I I spot halfway down the block. I spot, um, the ancient man who walks his three dogs. (laughs) Okay. We have this guy in our neighborhood. He's like a thousand years old, I think. And he, he has a walker and he has three yappy dogs on leashes. On leashes. Okay, now is your dog Mia on a leash at this point? She's on a leash and she's fine. It's his dogs that go nuts. So we had an encounter a a couple of months ago where, and he is a thousand years old. So he, if there's any action on the leash, he can't really control the dogs. Remember, he's on a walker. He's... (laughs) He takes this operation. He walks to either one end of the street or the other. It takes him all afternoon. And God bless him. I want to support him 
and staying active. But the mm-hmm. stress of having his dogs, the last time they came across the street, they broke free of him, came across the street, and they were attacking Mia. And I had mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. – and I'm just afraid when you have a big dog, it's always her fault. You know, like no, if yes, she reached Wayne, down and tried to defend herself and she hurt one of these dogs, it would be her fault. Mm-hmm. But it was so bad. He couldn't do any – he was <laughs> – he couldn't do anything. He just stood in the driveway and went like, dogs. It was not helpful. And thank goodness, like a guy in a truck drove by. I flagged him down. He got out. He got the dogs. So when I see the old man and the dogs, I just go the other way. That's so, smart thinking, Liam. You know, I can I can wrap around the other way. I have to kind of change my route because it takes him so long to, <laughs> to walk down the street. Can't really double back. I go the other way, and then I see my neighbor come out. And she's got the adorable Corgi and super cute. Love the Corgi, but uh-huh. you know, Corgis bark nonstop. Yes. So when we're on the street with the Corgi, if we're up opposite sides of the street, she just barks at us the entire walk. That's, that's not enjoyable. So I head you down. Have a lot of barking going on in your neighborhood. Yes. Your it, dogs have not, that group of neighborhood dogs has not learned to just chill out and respect each other. No, as a, no they haven't. That, I mean, your dog barks at all the other dogs. They, they're those she dogs barks at the one dog when okay, she's in okay. the house. She doesn't bark when we're on the leash. She okay. doesn't bark when we're out walking. But yeah, she barks at, um, yeah. And you're right, Julie. And then we have a lot of um, guest dogs. It's a, it's a popular destination dog walking zone. So it's really like rush hour around 5 o'clock. I don't even normally take her out. People come, they drive, they park, and they walk their dogs in our neighborhood. Again, fine with that. If they clean up, that's fine. But it just means there are a lot of dogs on the streets <laughs> a lot of hazards and again yes. i have the big dog that gets blamed for everything and you're wearing clogs i'm wearing I clogs just, I, which i just it sounds like this is going to be bad so then i your sucker sucker skirt okay. i duck down into i decide you know i'm just going to take the the street down into the rose bowl the big public street i'll just walk down the hill turn around walk back up and i walk down the hill it's getting warm now and now i i really only wanted to be out the 10 minutes but, you know, now the mileage is adding up. But I turn around, walk back up, and then I see, like, four big dogs coming at me. <laughs> with, really? With two, uh, on leash with two other people. But I was like, oh, I don't want to go past them. Speaking of barking dogs, there she is. And <laughs> Again, there everybody's barking in your neighborhood. Okay, go So ahead. then I go, okay, I'll just go down into the Rose Bowl and then head up the other street. So now, instead of the 10-minute walk, I'm looking at, like, a two-mile, at least a two-mile walk. <laughs> It's 90. I'm in the clogs. I'm starting to sweat a little. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. I have a nice denim shirt on. I look cute, but not, this is not a walking outfit. So I, you know, now it's playtime in the park. There's soccer balls. There are a million dogs. I managed to get her through that un- unscathed. We head back up into my neighborhood, but this is like the deep arroyo where there's some woods and stuff. And guess who I see, Julie? I see the new terror in our neighborhood, the half coyote, half dog. Okay. <laughs> It is the creepiest looking thing you have ever seen. Like coyotes are kind of cute looking, but this is no, like no coyotes are they're they're creepy looking, Liam. But, but okay, so a pure okay. coyote is only about a third of the size of my German Shepherd. So we've right. never usually coyotes see my dog and turn and run. Mm-hmm. This thing is like bigger and spotted and mean and aggressive. Ooh. And people have called animal control, but they don't do anything about animal control. They don't do anything about coyotes. So this dog has... Do you know in Dallas, in the city of Dallas, the police officers can just shoot coyotes? Really? (laughs) Yes. Yes. We've had a couple of coyotes in our neighborhood, and that's what the police officer said. We're allowed to shoot them. He said, it's just not so great with so many houses and kids and other dogs (laughs) around. I was like, wow, good thinking. But in Texas, Leon, we take them out. We just take those coyotes out. Oh. Okay, carry on with your story. Okay, so, so no, now, that's now not... you've got this wild animal that's stalking you. Yeah. So, and, and you're in the clogs. It's, I'm the in the clogs, and we're just headed out. We're headed uphill. Now I'm really sweating. So now i got to turn around because this thing is aggressive, and it's not backing down. And we've avoided it several times in the past, but it has taken out some small dogs, some cats, raided a chicken coop a couple times. And still, animal control does nothing. Now we have to turn around, and we have to cut up, like, the hillside. So now I'm, like, off-piste in the, in the clogs. I'm sweating profusely now. 
and I've got the seersucker slim skirt on. And, and the like, poison ivy is just about to flare up, I'm sure, Lynn. No doubt. <laughs> I'm, I'm headed up. It's a short but very steep, like, rocky path. I'm headed up. And you know what happens next, Julie. I split the skirt. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. I this giant split. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I barely made it home alive. I get home. I'm like dirty, sweating. My clothes are torn. My my feet are all dirty. <laughs> Colin's like, what happened to you? I was like, I just went to walk the dog around the block. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Lynn. So your skirt, would you have to hold on to your skirt uh, as you, you know, got back into civilization? Unfortunately, it was a high quality lined Banana Republic skirt. So there was still some lining holding my dignity in. There was, it was, I just, oh my gosh. So I don't want to hear from people about our earthquake policy, about how I don't love that Mia. I want to hear about it. Well, Leon, it sounds like you you know, it sounds like it's you're pretty dangerous to walk around in your neighborhood. You have a lot of hazards. Between the ancient guy and the coyote, not to mention packs of of guest dogs. I mean Whew. All right. So there you have it. There you have it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Well, Leon, it, that it segues very nicely into what has been the biggest story of the week, I think, for a lot of parents, and that is the story of Eric and Charlotte Kaufman, and their two children, age one and three, and their thirty-six foot boat, where they were a thousand miles, Leon, yeah. off the coast of Cabo. Yeah, a, a thousand miles. Okay, they weren't they weren't the least bit close. <laughs> right. And of course, and they were embarking on a year long sailing trip. This was going to be a great adventure for them. And I think everybody knows by now the youngest child got very sick, had a fever and a rash. Um, then then it seems like all hell broke loose. I mean, they lost their power, their steering, they lost their communication and they had to be rescued by the Navy. Right. I mean, they, yes. you know, they and they <laughs> yeah. had like Navy SEALs that had to like parachute in in the middle of the night to rescue this family. Yes, it was so, a very complicated rescue. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and but the comments, I mean, people have really been highly critical of these parents. That well, that's they- what the Internet's for, Julie. The Internet <laughs> is just for pointing at other people and making yourself feel superior to them. Yeah. So it is the highest and best use of the Internet, as far as I can tell, like the parenting outrage of the week. You know, yeah. last week it was the woman drinking the beer and breastfeeding her child. So, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, who was hauled off to jail. Yeah. So, you know, okay, so this week's parenting outrage is this. Although this is pretty serious. What was your take on it? Because well, I know my I don't take. Want, you know, I mean, I, I do want to, like, criticize the parents. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I like adventure. I, we have lived in some, you know, wild places. We've lived in Russia. We, you know, I've traveled to some wild country, you know, countries, including North Korea, Uzbekistan. I've been to Iraq twice. You know, I so... But here's the thing. I don't think these parents had a plan B or a plan C. Right. It is, it's fine. They're in the boat. They're, you know, they have some form of communication. They have some medical supplies with them. The mother did try to treat the child with the antibiotics that she had on board. But that's, that's plan A, okay? And then when you live in dangerous places or if you're out at sea, which, okay, so there's a high degree of danger there, elements right. you can't control. You need a plan B. You need a, you know, like, okay, so when your communication goes down, what's your, what's your backup? You know, they didn't, ha- didn't seem to have any backup plan. They weren't the least bit close to any amount of land. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, that's <laughs> what I don't understand. I mean, everywhere we've lived and traveled, we've always thought about how am I going to get out of this place? Or if I get hurt, what am I going to do? You know, I had a friend here in Dallas and she and her husband had this idea that they wanted to take their four daughters, ages four through 12, backpacking through Southeast Asia, Thailand, Cambodia, Laos. And she did a lot of research and she wanted to talk to me. But that was the first thing I talked to her about. It's like, okay, what's your plan when the kids get sick? You know, because you just, 
you cannot, you know, you can't have young children and not think they're not going, they're, they're not going to get sick. Right. So that's, that's the problem with soap. a child that young. Right. They get and, sick like every three weeks. I mean, right. <laughs> right. And that, you know, just having one antibiotic as any parent of young ch- children will know that that may not, you know, be the right thing for, for whatever is, you know, is the illness. So I just, that's the part. I mean, you just go on these great adventures. Yeah. And, but you know, I'm not so sure a one-year-old and a three-year-old or a three about to be four-year-old, that's the greatest thing, but you've got to have a plan B and a plan C. And I don't think these parents had that. And no, that, I think plan B was called the Navy, which is, <laughs> seems like that should be like your plan. Like, yeah, F. you yeah. know, you should be able to, you know, because what if they could, you know, I mean, what if they couldn't come? What if they couldn't get there in time? What I if, know. you know, I mean, there was just that. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't think they parents should pay for the rescue. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not in that camp. I know a lot of people have been commenting on, you know, the use of taxpayer dollars to rescue this, this, but I just think the lesson is always to have like, how are you going to get out of this place? You know, that's, that's what you really need to know. And I don't think they had that plan. You know, I think there is a whole group of adventure parents that I don't understand. <laughs> you know, like well, it I, seems like you can't even walk around your neighborhood. I, I can't. I mean, adventure right there. Yeah. I understand their impulse. I also understand that is not me. So, yeah. like, I, I think to myself, I was thinking about this issue, and I was like, well, you know, if we had the mindset that like you cannot go any further than a major metropolitan area and major metropolitan healthcare, we would never go anywhere. We the whole country would still be living in Boston, Philadelphia, and New York because, you know, the settlers never would have set out in those wagons. Or Yes, Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Good point. Think, Very good point. Think about yeah. Sacagawea. She had that papoose on her back the whole time when she was with Lewis and Clark. Now yeah. I know these people weren't setting out to find the new world but they had an adventure in place. I, I don't. I don't know. It's just so not me. But I think, well, I don't know. That's in their genetic makeup. It's not in mine. It does seem that one is very under one is very very young to embark on something like this again. Because when those little kids get sick, they get sick super fast and they get super sick. Yeah. You know, and they so. But Leanna, I see. I disagree. Sacagawea, she would have had a sat phone, Leanne. She maybe would have had two sat phones if they were available. The idea, you know, that's just, there's a lot of technology. There's a lot of, you know, safety that you can build into your adventure, Leanne. And and I, I don't think these people had that going. You know? Yeah. Well, so. you know, I saw a story about like the youngest boy to hike, uh, whatever that big mountain is. <laughs> There she Mount is, Everest. Some Leon. Mount Everest, you know, and I was okay. like, why on earth would a 12 year old need to hike Mount Everest? You know, yeah. that's, it's a highly, people die up there all the time, but I don't know. That's what this family was doing or those families of young sailors that set, set off like by themselves. Oh, right. I, yeah. All right. I don't understand the, the net, you know, that thing at all. I don't understand it at all. So. I don't know. And you could certainly make the argument it's probably more dangerous to strap your kid into a car seat wrong in Los Angeles and drive in rush hour traffic. They're probably in as much like danger, but I don't think so. So okay, no, it isn't my not- it isn't my style of parenting, but so many things aren't my style of parenting. <laughs> so no, I, I I I feel like they've gotten their comeuppance, don't you think? Yes, <laughs> I, they I, haven't yes. even. I think they're just like arriving in San Diego. They're not even home yet with that child. They're still. It was eighteen hundred miles to get that kid I, I, back. They were a to long home. way from anywhere, Leah. Yes. All absolutely. right. So well, I you wish know, the, I wish the family well. I yes. wish the child a full recovery. Yes. Yeah, I'm not ready to point full fingers yet. I just don't understand that. That's <laughs> what I would say. So, uh, but. I hope she gets better. I hope the little girl gets better. Well, here's another sort of similar thing, Julie. I had the experience this weekend of um, going to an event that was a celebration of the um, junior year abroad program that I did in Athens, Greece. Okay. Well, that's very nice, Leanne. That's, it, uh, that's you know what? Nice it was fantastic. I mean, it's uh, I got an invitation that said like it's in Pasadena. I'm like, hey, I can do that. You know, usually I get invited to these things because I stayed on the alumni list and I donate to the program, and they're usually like in Boston or New York or DC. I'm not going to do that, but it was two miles from my house, and it was in a really good building. We wanted to see, so <laughs> I was like, okay, oh, we gotta go. you are now motivated. All right, yeah. 
So we go, and uh, the director of the program is there. I did what's called College Year in Athens. It's been – it's like a 55-year-old program. Um, it's for students from all different uh, colleges, all, only American college students, I think. Um, and it was a fantastic program. Like, as a classics major, I was one of the few classics majors there. Most kids weren't classics majors. But – you know, Athens was kind of in 1985 when I was there. It was an exotic place to go abroad. Uh, so I think kids go abroad to much more exotic places now. But at the time, you know, people went to Paris or they went to London or Oxford or Florence, uh, you know, mainly Munich. But Athens was slightly exotic, slightly dangerous. Uh, there was a lot of uh, unrest there. There was terrorism. There were plane hijackings when I was there. 85 was not a safe year in Europe. Up. Uh, there was a lot of things happening there. But Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who Bring a touch of something special to your life. Aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer and it just delivers this full body glow. Okay. You know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm -hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz. A youthful yeah. glow is gonna happen. <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting <laughs> rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when it's, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm -hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only 
carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. And it's also sort of pre-Skype, pre-cell pre phone. Uh, did you have access to the internet? I mean, no, did you? no, no, no. So, no, so that's that. what I want to talk about. So, you know, they were just, the director of the program was discussing how different it was now for kids to go abroad. Because Julie, you went to Paris. I went mm -hmm. to Athens. You said goodbye to your parents. I don't ever recall. I think I called my parents once. <laughs> yes, right? About, I mean, I wrote letters. Right. Yes. I wrote letters. But there was no contact. Like when you did your junior year abroad, gather around the radio kids, because I'm going to tell you what it was like <laughs> to do your junior year abroad in the olden days. Like you would go abroad and you would just say goodbye and you wrote letters on the blue airmail paper, mm -hmm. that super thin paper. Maybe you called your parents from a payphone at Christmas, mm -hmm. but it was hard to make international calls. It was hard to figure out the phones and you had to talk to the international operator in a foreign language like you used to go to the american express office can you imagine that was that was like a place for all travelers right you know, yeah now don't, don't. <laughs> that was your home away from home yes yes where it you was changed a your it was money sort of like a faux u.s embassy yeah yeah you yeah. could receive packages and you had traveler's checks, Leon. Oh, yes. I know. Woo. Like, yeah, a year's worth of traveler's checks that you carried with you at all time. That's safe. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so what happened was that you probably made a lot of very poor decisions. <laughs> Put yourself in some dangerous situations. With no plan B or C. Like right. That. Yes. None. Like, I don't know if we had gotten sick. I have no idea what would have happened. But there you were. On your own at 18, 19, 20, figuring it out. You know, you had some supervision from the study abroad program, but not really that much. It was it was limited supervision. Well, so, we had some like French poetry teacher who was allegedly in charge of us. That really didn't really work too well. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they weren't with you. It wasn't, it wasn't a controlled atmosphere. Let's just put it that way. And you were free to do whatever you wanted on the weekends. And uh, or after. the premise of the university or the college was that you were scholars. That you yes. were students and that your primary purpose in being in this foreign location for you, Leon, as the classics major was that you were just going to be speaking up a storm in Greek and reading all sorts of Latin journals and doing stuff like that, right? Exactly. No, exactly. So that's why they, I was talking to the director of the program now, and then I was talking to the director of a, 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 the, a, the foreign studies program from a a local university, uh, a very a highly select small liberal arts school. I won't mention what it is because I don't want to get her in trouble. And they were saying, they were saying it's a wildly different experience now because they hear from parents all the time. This idea that you're gone for a year and you come back nine months later changed. No, she said we had an incident this week. The kid had bed bugs in her apartment. It turns out that she had gone to Egypt over the weekend, brought back bed bugs in the suitcase, and the bed bugs were there. But she posted it on Facebook. Her mother saw it on Facebook. Her mother called the president of her American college to oh, complain yes. about right the, to the top, about right to the things. top, mm -hmm. who then called the dean of students, who then called this woman, the abroad director, who then had to call Athens, who then had to bring the student in and like help them get rid of the bed bugs. <laughs> I, just, I was recalling like the one long distance phone call I made. I mean, that is a huge difference in terms of your experience. Like when you were abroad, you felt like you were out there. You could have been anywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, sense of independence. Right. And, yeah. And I remember I, from Athens, I went to Rome for Christmas. And the day before we landed at the Rome airport, a, a, you know, a group in Italy had blown up the airport. Um, and there were two deaths. It never occurred to me to call mom and dad and say, hey, that wasn't me. I'm okay. 
<laughs> you know, we had was, a, there, was there any call from Connecticut to no, check on you? No. no, no. I mean, how they, that's they would, what we figured, Leanne. You'd let us know. Yeah. If, I mean, we had a plan like, I'll pick you up at Newark Airport on this day and time. You know, get yourself there. End of story. So, <laughs> so I think it's a very different experience now. But here's another. So that you kind of go, oh, okay. Well, you know, you hope that they are learning some independent travel skills. But then here's the other difference. They started to describe the programs, the classes, very much the same. He said, but the big difference between now and maybe when, if you were there in the 80s and 90s was that now students are interested in working for global companies and doing internships while they're abroad, and then they spend their weekends doing community service. I was like, are you kidding me? I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. It's like, we spent our time in the cafes looking for cute Greek guys. Like, <laughs> I don't believe that. that, I, is, that that's, is... He said they have a whole two whole positions now dedicated to finding internships for kids and a community service on the weekends. We were taking ferries to the islands and, you know, sunbathing topless. That was our community <laughs> service. I was like. So good for them. You know, it's a different generation. They stay in touch with their parents a lot more, but they actually want to make the world a better place. So that was very interesting. That's good. I think you definitely have to go much farther afield now to have one of those, you know, authentic uh, experiences where you're really, where you really are removed from, you know, civilization um, or specifically your parents, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Oh, well, Leanne, it's Tuesday, and you know what that means. It's time for Tuesday Trends. And this first one, I I just have some great news for you. The fanny pack is back. Oh, yes, sister, yes, the much maligned fanny pack. You know, there were too many people in large white sneakers and shorts in Disney World carrying turkey drumsticks (laughs) that sort of really ruined the fanny pack for for the rest of us. You know, it's so practical. It is fantastically useful. You know that it gives you two hands, unlike the backpack where you still have to take it off to, you know, dig around in it for what your wallet or whatever. The fanny pack, it's right there, Leanne. You could just reach in and and it's secure and it's snug. It can act as a fashion accessory. You know, it sort of gives you a little waist definition. I mean, I love a fanny pack, okay? I really do. And I was really sad when people just... You know, they really said some mean things about right. the fanny pack. Now, but here's the thing. The new version of a fanny pack is called kind of a hipster because I want you to think Braveheart. You know, those oh, yeah. things that men wore in front of the kilts, those, yeah. those little, like little mini pocketbooky things. Yeah, well, that's what the new fanny pack is looking like. You know, it's on a sort of a thinner, thinner belt and it's hanging down low. Um, so it's... I I I think it's you know it's a sort of a breakthrough piece. I mean they have one that was featured thirteen hundred dollars for a fanny pack by Marnie. Now I, I'm not going there for that, but I'm just hoping that this fashion trend, you know, that we're going to be able to see much more affordable ones at Target uh, coming soon. But uh, I I really do like the fanny pack, and I'm glad that it's back. Okay, I'm just googling hipster fanny packs on Etsy. There are some cute ones. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah, we can do this, Leanne. I okay. Think, I think we can. Uh-huh. And it's just, uh, you know, all of us that have, you know, shoulder injuries from carrying pocketbooks and, you know, and back injuries from backpacks, the fanny pack, it's just, it is the way, it's where women really should carry your, your personal belongings. You right. Know? It is, Leanne, because that's, you know, it's our, it's our hips. That's I think good. that's where Sacagawea carried the baby on her hip. That's what she did. She should have had a sat phone, Leanne. Okay, <laughs> on to the Mandels, Leanne. This is the other oh, thing that yeah. they are saying that are coming to the office. Big thumbs down on this trend. Oh, to the office? This, to the office, Leanne. Oh. Okay, I have many, many reasons why I do, think, I do not think men should wear sandals to the office, okay? Uh, I know women get to wear them. I understand it. It's gender inequality, but it's just... Basically, it's gross to look at it men's is gross. feet. Okay, they're unhygienic, particularly in any kind of city environment. Even in your environment, Leanne, you took a walk. Look what happened to you. Okay, so you know, you know, it's going to be a lot. Nature of dirt- is dangerous. Nature is dangerous. <laughs> Dirty feet. Okay, I think in many situations, it's sort of an unmanly thing to wear. Like I, I just, I just, uh, your businessman husband, I, I just don't see him wearing sandals uh, to the office. No. I, 
I just don't think that that's the right word. I think it's inappropriate in many cases. Like if you open this door, Leanne, you are never going to get a man to wear a tie shoe to a wedding ever. Okay. (laughs) You know this, you know this. Ah. You are never going to get those groomsmen in tie shoes. They're going to insist on wearing flip-flops. And first of all, and the other thing is just those hairy toes. I know. Oh, nails. I mean. It's not your fault, men. It's just we don't want to see them. Yeah. Now, I mean, this article that said that this is the next big trend, it's all about finding the right pair of sandals. No, it's not. Okay. The sandals are fine on the weekends, you know, for the beach, do whatever. But just please don't don't wear them in the office. (laughs) Okay. Those were my two big trends for Tuesday, Leanne. It's only Tuesday. You only get two. So there you have it. All right, Jill, I did want to mention I'm doing something this weekend that I'm really looking forward to. I'll be at the LA Times Festival of Books for those of you in Southern California who are looking for a fun weekend. Um, It is a two-day event. It's the largest book festival in the country. Uh, There are many, many, many fine authors there. And then there's me. Uh, But I'm going to be... Oh, Ian, come on, come on. Yeah, just making a joke. I'm going to be on a panel that I'm really excited about. It's a really fun panel, Julie, of women's fiction authors. And I have spent the last 10 days reading all their new books because I'm hoping that I can talk them into coming on the show uh, after we meet in person. Jane Green, you know, we've talked to her on Satellite Sisters before. She writes uh, those great women's fiction books. They're usually set in Connecticut. She's a Brit living in Connecticut, so she has an interesting point of view. And I'm really looking forward to meeting Jane in person. I just finished her book, Tempting Fate, which is kind of about a wife, a suburban wife that has a midlife crisis. So that's good. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. She kind of turns the table on that. Sort of an interesting observation. And she kind of nails uh, Connecticut for the first time. She actually sets the book in Westport. She used to use like a made-up town called like Highfield or something. But mm-hmm. now uh, now she sets it in Westport, Connecticut. So there are some familiar landmarks, Julie, you will oh, recognize. Okay. I, I will definitely look for her book. And then uh, I'm Lacey Crawford is on our panel as well. She is a first-time novelist. Her book is called Early Admission, but she spent 15 years as a private admissions counselor for highly select colleges, and now okay. she's sort of fictionalized that um, experience. So... Her so it's sort of like the nanny diaries. Exa- I'm sure yeah, it's a, that she has some tales. Exactly, Julie. That's a great analogy. So I, I whipped through early admission. Um, it, it gave me kind of post-traumatic stress disorder because I realized that my son really underthought his college essay. <laughs> The whole book has many examples of like college essays. It's fictionalized, but, and that she works with these kids to get their best possible essay. And they all have varying home situations with varying pressure and, and, and things like that. So that's where the story lies. But I was like, wow, I just let him write a couple of drafts and we sent it in. (laughs) I don't know. I spell checked. It was a touch of funny. I thought it was fine, but now I can see I completely underthought that on his behalf. So I'm looking forward to meeting her. And then the final author is uh, Gigi Lavangi, who wrote The Starter Wife was her first book. Oh, yes. She she writes very, very funny books about Hollywood and uh, like Malibu, Brentwood Mm -hmm. wives. So the west side of Los Angeles. So her book, and she was married at one time to Brian Grazer, the film producer. Mm -hmm. So now she's, they're divorced. But but she writes very funny books. So that's our panel. And we're all going to meet Saturday night for dinner. We're having a big like authors dinner downtown oh, with a couple cool. of other authors as the as the local I'm arranging that so I'm, I'm previewing some restaurants and stuff like that and then um, our panel is Sunday at 10 30 if you happen and do you have a theme for your panel Lena? the panel is called we didn't think of the theme and I'm not the moderator um so but I may have to pull a Liz Dolan sort of uh, that you're, you're you're going to commandeer. The, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, we're working on the show flow, and uh, and um, but our panel is called choices and consequences. Oh, okay. I don't know what you know. Open to interpretation, but it's pretty. That's you know, writing. That's what it is. You make choices for the characters, and then there are consequences. Mm-hmm. So it's not that broad. It's not as broad as it sounds. But you know, it's just one 
great author after another and, and all different types. So if you haven't been, it's all free. You do have to get panel tickets ahead of time, uh, but everything's free. And um, you can go to the LA Times Festival of Books for your link. And I'll put a link at Satellite Sisters. I've been posting on the Facebook page and stuff, but I'm looking forward to that. So that's a big weekend. Well, that is, Leanne. That's great. Yeah. Well, uh, and I wish you wish you good weather. And uh, and I know they have giant crowds. I've been to that. It's a very, very fun event. I, yeah. I, I, oh, you I, know what? If you can't make the panel, I'm also doing a book signing at one o'clock at the Prospect Park book tent. So if you've seen me and you're sick of me and you're going to like uh, Veronica Roth's panel who wrote Divergent, which is at the same time as mine. <laughs> I'm fine Don't with that. Mention that, Leanne. You know, I, I'm fine with that. Just swing by the Prospect Park Books tent at 1 p.m. I'll be signing. I'd love to say hi to anybody who's there. Oh, good, Leanne. Yeah. Good. Well, listen, for the rest of you that maybe are not going to be in L.A. Um, this weekend, I have a great movie uh, recommendation for you. The movie is called The Lunchbox. Leanne, have you heard this? I have not heard of this movie. It was know. written and directed by Ritesh Batra, and it, is, it has won a bunch of international awards. But it's about, have you ever heard of, like, the famous uh, Dabawalas of Mumbai? No. <laughs> okay. You know, seriously, <laughs> this is... the. <laughs> <laughs> the Dabawalas of Mumbai. This is the delivery system where they collect hot food in, you know, these little lunch boxes from workers' homes, and then they deliver them to the offices by train, by bike, by cart, and they are they are transported by this like this this field of like workers that that, you know, where, you know, they pick up over 200,000 of these little lunch boxes and somehow all the lunch boxes get to the right office and the right workers. Wow. And then they repeat that in the afternoon and they, and they get them all back home to the right homes. I mean, they, it's, it is a famous, famous sort of delivery system. In fact, Harvard Business School, you know, they have a business case on this just about how, you know, sort of using you know, sort of harnessing like a lot of people, each doing one small thing. They've created this very complex delivery system where, you know, you're at home, you're cooking a hot lunch for your husband. Somebody comes and picks it up and somehow it gets to your husband in L.A. But they do this all the time. So that that's called the Dabba Wallace. And it's that's the last thing I need is to have to cook like another hot meal for my family, but okay. I can appreciate it. Okay. Well, you're out. Oh, you're out. But, but it is, it, it is sort of a cultural thing in India. So oh. this is, that's the setting for this story. The story is set in Mumbai and it is just the sweetest story of this housewife who's trying to kind of rekindle some fire in her marriage. And she's taken up cooking and she has her auntie that lives in the apartment above that's kind of helping her really like spice up her food to kind of impress her husband. And somehow her lunchbox gets, you know, goes to the wrong man. Okay. And this oh. is, okay, but here's the thing. This never happens. Like they, the, you know, error rate uh, among the Dabawala is like so low. It's, they've studied it. They, you know, it always goes to the right place. So, the, but this happens. It, okay. it goes to the wrong, wrong man. He's a widower. And all of a sudden he's eating this like super delicious food because he has, he has been ordering his hot lunches from some local restaurant. And so he puts a little note in it and, and they start this relationship back and forth of passing notes every day at lunch. And so I don't want to, but it's just a super sweet story. Everybody would, I can't think of anyone that wouldn't enjoy it. Um, it's got a great, you know, set in India. So it's a great exotic locale and it's just, uh, it makes you feel good, Leon. So look for it. I it's, will look. That sounds very enjoyable. Yes, I, think it I does. would enjoy it's, that movie. Yes. It's a kind of movie I, when I, after I saw it, um, I said to my husband, I said, I, I would have recommended this to mom and dad. They just would have, they would have, it's an, it's unusual but a wonderful, wonderful story. The actors in it are all Indian. I don't recognize them, but they're they they're superb in this. It's it's just really touching how the whole thing is done. So the name of the movie is The Lunchbox, and look for it. It's very good. Julie, you know what we enjoyed this week, and I watched it because you said it was good. Is the internship? Oh, speaking yeah. of movies, you had what? recommended it. It's the Owen Wilson um, movie about like two grown men working. <laughs> Working right. at Google, and it's really funny and really yes. sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. Uh, and Vince Vaughn wrote and wrote it. 
stars in it and was also the screenwriter. It I, is when it came out, it got bad reviews. I don't People understand sort of that. Panned it. They thought it was too much of a commercial for Google, and it is really a charming little story. Yes, and very entertaining. So, yes, uh, and relatively yes. clean. There's only one scene, of course, in a uh, strip club. That's you know <laughs> mandatory. For every movie that involves Vince Vaughn or Owen Wilson. But uh, other than that, um, it's a very enjoyable movie. So that was a good call this weekend. So it's free, free Cinemax preview. Enjoyed that. Okay. <laughs> Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, <laughs> because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, you I like did. to share? Would you like I know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the Framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds you like- you're going to be happy, okay? <laughs> That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and For chilling sure. there yes. with your with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what, uh, what, what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones, and as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because yeah. it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Okay. it up in Pasadena. I can see that. Woo. What a weekend. Uh, podcasting and watching TV. Um, all right. A couple of internet notes before we, internet notes, a couple of Facebook notes before we head on over to Sister Selfridge. Um, first of all, uh, a couple of years ago, six years ago, in fact, we spoke to Sheila Weller. She's a good journalist, and she was the author of a really fun book called Girls Like Us. It was the story of Carol King, Joni Mitchell, and Carly Simon. 
and uh, a fantastic read. We had a great conversation, and I noticed that Sheila Weller posted on her Facebook page that yesterday was the sixth anniversary of her pub date, and she was offering a two-for-one. So if you head on over to the Satellite Sisters Facebook page, you can see that post. But then I also miraculously dug up the podcast interview that we did with Sheila Weller. And I think I'm just going to repost that for people at some point. But you can click on the link if you want to do a direct download. You can click on the link there at our Facebook page. So really fun. I was listening before we got on the air, Julie. This Sheila's telling the story of her, you know, summer of love. Remember when she dated mm-hmm. all those much younger, inappropriate men? That's on there. Monica does it, believe it or not. It was really fun to listen to. And then our interview with Sheila Weller about, you know, three rock heroes who all, by the way, slept with James Taylor. Uh, <laughs> remember that? Yes, I do, Leanne. It's a so, great book. And I do think it's a miracle that you were able to dig that out of the Satellite Sister file. So I, way know, to go, sister. Our archives is not organized. Uh, and uh, so every once in a while, something rises to the top. Um, also, I got some requests for Paley Fest. Could people find the Paley Fest panels online? Because they were broadcast. Mm-hmm. And just last week, they posted them at YouTube. So if you were interested, we were talking about going to the one for Veep and Parks and Rec and Community. Those are posted now at YouTube. So you can go to YouTube and just Google Paley or just, you know, search for Paley Fest and you'll find them. They just posted them last week online and and people might enjoy watching those. There are a million other shows, too. It wasn't Sleepy Hollow is on there. Uh, Pretty Little Liars did a panel. There's a whole bunch of different shows, not just those three. So if you're interested in finding that, please do. Oh, and Leanne, Spice Talk continues. Oh, yeah. Satellite Sister Facebook page. A big shout out to Megan, who posted a recipe for homemade celery salt, Leanne. That- you know that looked fantastic. It did look very good. I, I don't good. know why I didn't know that celery salt was actually made with celery. Can I just admit that? I was like, How, what? It's actually celery? I what, what, what did you think it was? I thought it was maybe salt that was meant to go on celery. I didn't know what it was made of. I, I haven't okay, used apparently it. Apparently, you've never used it, Leanne. Well, not it's since delicious. like 1972. I mean, okay. I don't... Okay. Well, anyway, the celery salt fad, it continues, Leanne. It's out there. And a shout out to Lisa, who had uh, posted a picture of some spice containers that you can put on your fridge, which could really expand my spice selection if I could get some of those containers to put on my fridge. I looked at that and I thought... They would just all end up on the floor. Yeah, well, like, yes, I was a little worried about that. I, I just, I didn't think I could execute getting the spices in and out of there and back onto the side of the fridge without just opening up the thing and like having it all land on the floor. But that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I did think I was going to dump them or knock into them and spill them all. Yeah. So they, they did look a little dangerous, but it was a good idea. And I we appreciate good ideas at Satellite Sisters. So, All right. You can always find us at SatelliteSisters.com. Uh, if you're looking for show notes, everything's there. Oh, I wanted to mention, I posted an interview yesterday with a really an interesting healer. Yeah, what uh, happened there, Leanne? Yeah. You know what? It was a technical nightmare. That's oh, what happened, oh, Julie. Oh. I spent hours trying oh, to oh. salvage that interview. I thought I had gotten it. It was just one of those things she, when we tape, we tape over Skype. We just do audio. We don't see each other. But she had hit the video button on her end Uh and I couldn't get, I couldn't separate the video from the audio despite trying for hours despite what burning sage didn't do it it didn't do it despite watching you know the youtube videos despite calling in the teenagers we were dropping things into iMovies. they claimed it could be done but and it sounded fine to me and then i posted it on itunes and her section all dropped out so we're going to retape the whole thing it is actually at this point (laughs) easier just to retape it so be on the lookout for that um but you can always find us on the Facebook page at SatelliteSisters.com. You'll find show notes. And our email address is sisters at SatelliteSisters.com. And Liz checks that email. So if you haven't been responded to, uh, call Liz. Okay. 
<laughs> Now's the time in the show when we do our weekly review of this week's Mr. Selfridge episode. We're calling this Sister Selfridge. This was your request, Julie and I dropping into the second season. And uh, Julie, last week we watched and then uh-huh. we got, um, I would say we got reprimanded for some of the uh, miscalculations and gross mischaracterizations <laughs> we made, wouldn't you? Uh, Sue just yes, wanted to slant, Yeah, Sue uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, she's a big fan. She just wanted to let us know that we were pretty much totally wrong on our t- <laughs> on our take <laughs> on characters. We had sympathy for all the wrong characters. Mm-hmm. We, despite actually doing some research on the first season, we hadn't watched the first season, but we mistook all the relationships. We shouldn't blame Rose, Mrs. Selfridge, for seeming selfish. You know, Agnes was the one that was in love with Henry, not Rose. Poor Mr. Grove is not poor Mr. Grove at all. Poor Mr. Grove appears to have left his wife or a person his age to have taken up with the younger woman. And the fact that he has four kids and is overwhelmed is really his fault. And uh, and everyone wanted to chime in that, oh, we may have dismissed Henri, but wait till we see him without a beard. He oh, yeah. is hot. So, uh, oh, yeah. okay, Sue, we, <laughs> we hear you. You know, feel free to correct us when we're wrong. Uh, I still hadn't haven't, hadn't haven't seen the first season. Julie, have you? No, Leon. I did read an extensive uh, synopsis of the first. Okay, season. so yes. I have a little more background information, but that does not mean that we're not going to make some miscalculations. Yes, um, this week as well. Yes, because this week was Empire Week, Leon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Empire Week. Hell Britannia. Well, I think I've, I found it much better. I think mainly because there was less of um, Ari Gold in a waistcoat. That's what I, I think. We actually had less of Mr. Selfridge. So I enjoyed it better. How about yourself? I would say the same thing. That first episode, uh, clearly of the second season, though I had not watched the first, it was clearly to establish some new characters, mainly Dance Hall Girl and uh, this Lord Loxley, who seems yes. to be an evil perpetrator. And so it felt like... Uh, we were, we were focusing on the wrong people. And so this week for me as a new viewer, I felt like, oh, this is the show. It's about the store. It's about the people in the store. It's about the shop girls and their relationships. Last week was kind of an anomaly because they had to introduce the new setting and the new characters. So I really enjoyed this week's show a lot more. And I heartily agree. Once Henri shaved, he was hot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) In I the mean, dirty shirt and everything. He oh, yeah. Was good. yeah. He was good. Okay. So we want to see more of him. And we're now we're totally straightened out about Mr. Grove. Okay, yes. I get it. I understand it. But I loved it this week because he got those manuals from America, Lynn. <laughs> and did you see what he was able to do over that bank holiday? He <laughs> totally turned his operation around. I know. And and you know how he did it, Leon. Do you know what the latest technology that Mr. Grove used was? What was it? It was the note cards, Leon. Yes, file of facts or whatever. Everybody gets a note card. It's brilliant, Leon. That is a big management idea that I know Mr. Selfridge really enjoyed. So uh, uh, that was that was good. So I got that. Oh, also, I think Empire Week means dead animals, Leon. Did you see that? They rolled in that tiger right in the beginning. Agnes, she was trying to get that in. And then, of course, Lady May and Mrs. Selfridge were draped in dead fox yes. later on in the show. So yes. Uh, so I think that was a big style. You know, our mom used to have something like that. Like I, I know she did. And I know we are not advocating fur. I, we no. are not advocating fur. It was it was something. It was done though back in the day. Fur was back done in back the in the day. Okay. Yes. So there was that was that's what it means. Dead, that, that was also Empire Week means some excellent breakfast scenes this week. Um, yes, more eating of breakfast. <laughs> uncomfortable, wildly uncomfortable breakfasts too. Many of them, yeah, terrible, terrible breakfasts. It was so cozy, Shay Loxley there. I, I actually, I would have gotten a larger table if I was Lady May, <laughs> because the week before, because I think they were serving soft boiled eggs at that breakfast. Yes, again, what with the soft boiled eggs? You think she would have learned hard boil the eggs, Cookie? After she was smeared with the eggs. I know. So bit longer table, I think, that, and harder eggs. That's what you need. And then Harry and Rose. Uh, she was, what did you think of that scene, Lee, in their breakfast little tete-a-tete there? You know what? I didn't, I, 
I thought it was uncomfortable because the son was there, but I thought that's a normal conversation that husband and wives have. I mean, at least he apologized. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't th- really even think it was a fight. No, but, I was surprised that the son. You want to hear a fight? You want to hear? You want to hear <laughs> yeah. a husband and wife bickering? I could do better than that. That's nothing. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. sorry. I accept your apology. Since when is that a fight? Come on. Get out the hard, soft-boiled egg. You know, I do like Lord Loxley. I mean, I know he's evil. I don't yes. like him as a character. But he, you know, he had some good lines. When he, when, you know, the poor serving girl asked, like, do you think you're going for war? And he <laughs> refused to tell her. I was like, wow. There is a class gap right there. That is awesome. Yeah, that was good. He was really enjoying that. Yeah, I like his badness. I, yeah. I find that good. Yeah, I mean, hitting your wife, not good. Not advocating that. He, he <laughs> did strike his wife last week. But he's, a, he's an interesting character to me. And then, Julie, I did have to laugh, you know, that when Agnes, she's setting up, she's spending all night setting up, you know, the tiger and the pith helmets. And then did you see the look when she was supposed to be, like, exhausted? But she's (laughs) so beautiful that she was like, whew. And, like, she's not a hair out of place. She's still spectacularly beautiful. Whew. She did one of those, like, blow out her cheek things. (laughs) I was like... I wish I looked that good after being. That's what you look like after your dog walk, right? That is exactly right. (laughs) My gosh, she is so pretty. All right, Kitty. All the girls in the beauty department, the Kitty and the girls in cosmetics. Yeah. First of all, they were so excited about those Oriental fans. I mean, (laughs) they they would. That was really. But here's the thing. I think those girls' complexions are as compelling as the clothes in Downton Abbey. Oh, I Julie, mean, they, good call. They have the most incredible skin. I mean, they just look so amazing. <laughs> yeah. And what about Kitty's hair? What What is it? And how does it, like, curl up like that? It defies nature. But that it is as spectacular for me to look at those girls as it was to watch the clothes in Downton Abbey. So You know what? Yeah. And speaking of a comparison, wouldn't you rather be those girls than poor Lady Mary, at, like, <laughs> stuck at home? I know. Doing nothing. Like being a shop girl actually looks kind of fun. So thank goodness they were able to get out and be shop girls. That's so much better than poor Lady Edith. I'd rather be a shop girl. (laughs) Lady Edith, sadly, Leanne, could not cut it behind that cosmetic. No. Oh, God, no. I'm sorry. That was a little mean, but but that's the truth. Okay, Kitty, uh, here's an alert. I'm not too sure about your boyfriend, Frank Edwards, yeah. the journalist. I, I, I just, I don't like that. I just, I think things are not right there. I think you can do better. Believe me, Kitty, you're, you, you are, you can shoot higher than him. That's what I think. And then what did you make of the list of leather manufacturers? Oh, well, you, what is happening? Okay. What's he going to do with that list? He is going to totally blackmail people on those lists, extort, extort from there. He's going to go to the worst, cheapest leather manufacturers, and it's going to result in poor quality boots for the soldiers. And he's going to receive a kickback. Okay. And he's going to blame it all on Harry. I see it, Leon. I know that's what you do. I just, I was like, how is this going to be used against him? There you go, Julie. Well done. Good job. Okay. 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 (laughs) But Empire Week, Leon, also means pornography. Could you believe that scene with little Gordon there in the, in the warehouse and they're looking at those baseball cards of of women? No. Okay. And then Rose, okay, she finds them. Well, too bad Rose did not have a subscription to the New York Times because, Leon, did you see that article? this week how to talk to your kids about pornography you know what i missed it i'll have to look it up because it's a conversation i do not want to have julie okay well that's that's the subtitle awkward uncomfortable and unplanned that's what it is but here's what you're supposed to do and apparently uh, rose knew this that you're supposed to not freak out when you find the pornography okay you're supposed to react calmly i think she did i think she did you're supposed to try to talk about it and then, or talk to your friends about it first. Now, she didn't do that. I don't know why she didn't have Harry address it rather than she she felt like she needed to address it with um, Gordon. But um, anyway, and then you're supposed to ask your child, how did you find the pornography? Okay. Was it scary? Was it exciting? 
Okay, okay that's the, I've never asked okay. him that question. Okay, see, I... <laughs> Me neither. I don't even think you should Google this, Leanne. <laughs> Believe okay, me, I know. You have that in your Google search history that you looked up something pornographic, okay? So don't do it. Don't do it. At my son's school last week, they did like a teen issues day. And one of the issues they were addressing was pornography on the web. And I was like, good, great, <laughs> good. Please, you talk to them. Because I okay. just, oh, I hate, I hate that stuff. Well, you can now refer your sons to this episode of Mr. Selfridge. <laughs> yes, I'm sure they'll enjoy it. <laughs> I'm sure they'll all, t- believe me, the pictures that girls post on Facebook are much worse than the pictures that Rose found uh, in Harry's pocket. So, I know. so there you go. <laughs> but I have to say, overall, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Yes, I thought it moved along a lot better. Um, it, it, was it was only 45 minutes, as Sue commented but yes, so I, I think, think that first episode was a weird length and it didn't feel like that was the end of an episode. I think they chopped like 15 minutes off the front of this episode and stuck it on the end of last week's episode. I would just say that as someone who's, you know, written for TV before, like that didn't feel right. That length, that ending. But this one, we had the big ending, the big ending this week. I know Winston Churchill did not show up. War has been declared. And you just know, I'm telling you, Victor in the palm court, yeah. you know, he's, he's in trouble there. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, I, I mean, it's still very ominous uh, in a different way than in Downton Abbey, but um, it's, going to, it's going to really change what happens at the store, Liam, no doubt. I'll tell you, that Lord Loxley is no Lord Grantham, is he? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. He doesn't have a dog, Liam. There's no dog there. Nobody likes him. He doesn't care. Uh, all right. We always welcome your comments. You can put them on the Facebook page, Sister Selfridge. Did we get it right this week? Let us know. Uh, all right, Jewel, you have any plans for the rest of the week? I do, Lean. I have a big week. I am heading to New York. Can you believe this? No, I'm I didn't going know that. To see, oh, yeah, Lean. going to see my son and daughter-in-law. We're going to have a little spring weekend in New York. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, they have a new apartment and... Uh, we're going to be do- we're going to be doing some you know some nesting there, getting it all ready. So that's oh, great. That's oh, that'll be doing. fun. Yeah, that'll yep. be fun. I'm doing so, a, a talk on Thursday. I'm giving out some writing awards to high school students, and I'm cool. supposed to give them like writerly advice. So I'm working on that. Maybe I'll share that next week. But uh, okay. so, we don't like some good advice. Yeah. There. So I'm doing that on Thursday, and then then I actually have to go to Phoenix Friday for one night uh, for a, a work thing, and then uh, then back for the LA Times Festival of Books. So it's kind of a busy weekend so we probably won't do a show at least you and i won't do a show this weekend right Right. we'll just leave it to those other sisters to see what they can cook up. right good luck good luck with that (laughs) all right you'll have a great week and you too liam and don't forget call your satellite sister hello satellite sisterhood thanks for downloading our podcast whether you're a longtime listener or new to satellite sisters we always welcome your input and your enthusiasm In fact, our theme for 2014 is Share the Sisters. So if you're so inclined, help us spread the word about Satellite Sisters. How, you may ask? Well, go ahead and write a review on iTunes or give us the thumbs up on Stitcher if that's where you download the show. We'd love to have you share a link to our show on your Facebook stream. Or how about just go to SatelliteSisters.com and pay us a visit every once in a while over there at our blog. Thank you so much for your support of Satellite Sisters. And don't forget... Share the sisters.